Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. This is the second session in the Upside Down Kingdom. Thank you, worship team. That was, that was awesome. Some really good classics. Oh, I love that. Sometimes it feels like there's an awesome worship session and some guy that comes on says a few things and you go home. <laughs> this is the second session in the Upside Down Kingdom, which is based on the Sermon of the Mount. I always thought that was a bit of a funny title. I don't think that's the one Jesus would have originally used, but it's a bit like, what's going on at Macquarie next week? Ah, oh, Sermon from the Pulpit. Okay, that sounds interesting. It doesn't give you a lot of information. But here is the greatest preacher in the universe preaching perhaps his greatest sermon. It may not have been called Sermon on the Mount, but it is a mountain of a sermon. And it's exciting to, to keep diving into it for the second session. Dear me. John Stott said he could sum up the entire Sermon on the Mount in two words. So this might save a bit of time. Christian counterculture which is the opposite way of the way the world works, which is a bit like saying upside-down kingdom, but it's not as cool as upside-down kingdom, I think. But, yeah, it's upside-down. The reason why Jesus would preach an upside-down kingdom is because this world, as you know, is upside-down in many respects. And so when you turn something upside-down that's upside-down, what do you get? It's the right way up. And so I think that's his motivation for the upside-down kingdom. So we look, to, we look to Jesus, not the latest influencer out there. I can remember, sometimes I think, man, I could just move to Byron Bay and call myself an influencer, and that's like apparently a full-time career. But we know who our influencer is. It's upside-down because the world would phrase these beatitudes, these beautiful attitudes, these blessings in different ways. Blessed are those with the white teeth, da Vinci pearls on the front, because that smile will open doors. Blessed is he with a six-pack, for the world is your oyster. And blessed are you who pushes somebody out of the way to get to the top, because that's how you get somewhere in this place. That's what the world would say. But Jesus says, no, there's a different way. Let me show you. So these eight Beatitudes, I've got a shot there of the Church of Beatitude, which the Roman Catholic Church built, allegedly on the site where Jesus actually preached this sermon. And it's octagonal because there's eight blessings, eight Beatitudes. Roz did the first four, I'm doing the next four. We're nothing but symmetrical in this place it's written in latin in that dome at the top i could read them to you if i wanted to i, I just don't want to <laughs> but but there they are and they're sort of the opposite of the ten commandments back in uh, the mosaic law here's the ten things you don't do here are the eight things that you do do now, tony harris is over there and he took me to costco and i learned something about costco I'd never been before it is a really dangerous thing to try and buy one tin of spaghetti and get out of there. There's security staff that tase you and then they drag you, drag you out. So in case anyone's thinking, at the end of the service, I'm going to say, Fraser, sermon was that sort of okay. I'm going with one of Roz's Beatitudes from last week, though. No, 
it's an eight pack. You have to do all of them. We're coming into summer. Some of the younger people are walking around with a six pack. You'll have an eight pack by the end of today. And they're the key to inner happiness, inner joy, which is sort of Greek for, for blessing. Now, a, a bit of a confessional moment. When Ros mentioned about the Upside Down Kingdom, my thoughts went to an old Mercedes ad. And I'm going to show it to you now, because just in case you don't remember. Now, stay with me. I am highly visual. That was for you, Pastor Mark. <laughs> there is a Jaguar car response to that. Don't, don't search for it now. But um, I loved it because I'm visual and sometimes my brain acts in a very simple way. And I said to God, what, what, how could I sum up these eight Beatitudes? In this world that is so upside down, stability control. And if you watch these chooks, yes, it, it helps having a few extra vertebrae and those sorts of things, but it's like they have this internal gyroscope. You can turn them upside down, left and right, inside out, and they will face front on, eyes on the prize. And so if you walk away with nothing else apart from this, the eight Beatitudes are your spiritual gyroscope that keep you facing Jesus and your eye on his kingdom, on that crown. Yeah, I'm so relieved that could have gone very badly, but uh. <laughs> let's dive in. So this is number five, Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I'm so grateful it says that. I'm glad it doesn't say blessed are the just, for they'll be shown justice. Because if you're just, it doesn't really matter anyway. But none of us are just because the Bible says that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Justice says, you're going to get what you deserve. And mercy says, you're not going to get what you deserve. Now, there's an old story about Napoleon. And one of his captains, I think, is about to be executed, did the wrong thing. And the captain's mother comes to Napoleon and says, I'm asking that you might have mercy on my son and release him. And Napoleon said, well, justice says that he's got to die. And the mum said, I'm, I'm not asking for justice. I'm asking for mercy. And Napoleon said, well, why would I give him mercy when he deserves justice? And the mum said, if he deserved mercy, it wouldn't be mercy. That's what mercy is about. That's why Jesus went to the cross, so we wouldn't get what we deserve. We wouldn't get the wrath of God. Jesus would be our substitute. Now, if God is merciful to us, which he is, through the cross, through his only son dying that horrible way, then he expects us to have mercy as well on other people. When we are unmerciful to people... First of all, it's hypocritical because God gives you something you don't deserve, but I'm not going to give you what you... I'm not going to forgive you for that. And it's judgmental. I can be forgiven for this. I can be shown mercy for what I've done, but for what you did, no. For what you put up on Facebook, and then after that you wrote, Thus saith the Lord, and then you had your three exclamation marks, no. So we need to be... 
We need to give mercy to other people. We need to show it to them as well. Notice the structure here. It starts with blessed. These are all eight blesseds. Then it tells you the character trait of those people. And then there's a promise at the end. You'll be shown mercy. If you can show that you show mercy, mercy will be given to you. Jesus fleshes this out a little bit more in Luke 6.36. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. He's your father. You're a daughter or a son. You're in the family. Let's do the same stuff. Matthew 5.8. Blessed are the pure in heart. And their promise is they will see God. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law, they were very much about the law. We'll go through the law of Moses and we will show that we're doing everything that we're meant to do. And one of the things in the law of Moses was ritual cleansing. So there was a special way to clean your feet and your hands and your face. You had to go through that. And so they would do that. Jesus would later refer to them as whitewashed tombs because they're nice and white on the outside, but inside they're rotting. But nice and clean on the outside. Good cleaning. The reality is the Mosaic law was actually to say to them, look, we're not in the 21st century yet. Okay, we don't, David Durheim's not here to help us out. Um, so I'm going to give you some practical ideas just in case there's a cholera outbreak or, or other things happen there. This is how you can actually stay healthy in a community. But the other thing the Mosaic law did was it pointed us towards much greater cleansing, not on the outside, but on the inside, where no Brillo pad will reach, no uh, amount of steel wool will get there, a cleansing of the heart. So the Mosaic law pointed us towards the cross and the, the shedding of the blood of Jesus for our cleansing, the cleansing of our heart. And the promise is that we will see God. It's an, um, they will see God. So we think back in Eden... Now, Adam and Eve had to leave because they fell into sin. Their heart fell into sin. And matter and antimatter can't live together. And a holy God and a sinful person can't live together. So it was almost a mercy for them to be expelled from the garden so they wouldn't be toast. But if your heart's pure, once the righteousness of Jesus lives in your heart, that relationship is restored and you can see the face of God again. Now, Peter, in the book of Acts, he'd been out amongst the Gentiles, and originally the, the message was, the, the good news of the gospel was for the house of Israel, was for the Jews, but he'd been out amongst the Gentiles. He'd been released to do that. Well, when he came back, he had to give an account of himself to the other apostles. He did this in Acts 15, 8 to 9. God, who knows the heart showed that he accepted them, the Gentiles, the non-Jews, by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. That's the purity that we're looking for. That's the cleaning that we need to, to see. Okay, we're on to number seven, Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So, not surprisingly, God wants us to make peace with people around us. And he wants us to facilitate peace between people and, 
and communities. And this is much more than just a, hey, you're over that side, you're over that side, shake hands, make up. Being a peacemaker under God is, is taking the wisdom from above in each individual situation and putting hope at the centre of it. And we know that the only way this world is going to achieve peace is through Jesus, is, is through having a heart transformation, that pure of pureness of heart. That's what we bring to people. That's how we become peacemakers. Now, I wanted to make this point. It's great being a peacemaker, but peacemakers never compromise the truth. And peacemakers never do a little wrong or a little white lie to achieve peace. Bit of an example, my mother-in-law, Anne, has a nephew who's perhaps 30, staunch atheist, and very creative, does, makes lots of leather products and products out of wood. And he must have been looking for a particular piece of wood out in the forest, and he just found this tree, and he posted it on Facebook, and he said, look at that tree, it's kind of doing the John Travolta thing out there in the, in the air. Who could make something like that? And, and Anne said, one word, God. And it didn't cause problems, it didn't cause a conflict. He knew that Anne was a Christian, and he just said, Haha, yes, we'll have to agree to disagree on that. But, you see, she could have, to make the peace, to, to build a stronger bridge, could have said, yes, what a wonderful tree. Isn't evolution fantastic? Probably what happened was the less attractive trees couldn't find partners and they died off as a result of natural selection um, or something like that. The problem was that 30-year-old was once a baby and Anne stood in a church one day and said, yes, I will be that child's godmother. And so she said, my job is to be his mother but to give him God uh, every chance I can. And the ultimate peace that that um, nephew will find is finding God that might have been facilitated by all those con conversations. She will not compromise. She will not give anything less than the truth. And if she didn't say that, in a way it's like Peter denying Jesus as well. And then the chicken comes in. That's why chickens haven't got a good reputation in, in churches. I'm trying to restore that today. But... Um, yeah, I will not say the wrong thing, I will not compromise the truth, and I will not hold back the truth either, because he's my God's son. I give him God. And the promise here is, they will be called children of God. Now, if, um, if God can make peace with us through the cross, and we can show that we're peacemakers too, We've got the same DNA as our father, just like sons and daughters. So we're in the family. That's why we're called children of God. Number eight. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Now, we don't suffer the same sort of persecution they do in other parts of the world you know, we can start to feel some of our freedoms, 
Christian freedoms being eroded, being put into question. They try to put some interesting things through Parliament sometimes. But we're pretty comfortable. But the fact of the matter is, when we consider this warning that Jesus gives us in Matthew 5.10, we can't help but wonder, I wonder how long we're going to be comfortable. I wonder how long we will enjoy those freedoms. It's interesting that the promise for those who are persecuted is the same for the first beatitude that Ros brought up. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You've been persecuted for me? Here's your citizenship paper. Welcome to the kingdom. This last beatitude is actually expanded, which shows how important it is, in two more verses. Matthew 5, 11 to 12. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Welcome to Macquarie. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they, are pers- they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I wonder what kind of Christians will be if that happens. If our freedoms start to be taken away. If we're not as comfortable we're being persecuted maybe if our life is under threat will you be as bold for the gospel then because jesus seems to be saying now prepare for it what's first for you and it says that we're in good company we're in company with the prophets but what i love when i i read this it says that these eight beatitudes that bring in a joy it says that joy isn't the absence of trouble, it's the presence of Jesus. There's some encouragement from Paul and Jesus in the next slide. Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 17, Therefore do not lose heart, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. That's the kingdom. It's the upside-down kingdom that is going to put our kingdom the right way up. It's wonderful that Christianity gives you a destiny, but it gives you a destination in the end as well. And Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may find, you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we've got to be a little bit like the chicken don't get too comfortable here. At the moment, we're, we're living in an alien world. So don't turn your head too much horizontally. Is peace over here. I'm looking for comfort here. I need, I need some answers. Let me go over here. There's no answers in this world. It's in Jesus. That's where our hope and peace come from. Don't be surprised. Our main points. I think if, uh, in the Beatitudes, this is this wonderful introduction to um, the Sermon on the Mount, but it's like the King's Manifesto. Jesus, our King, in the kingdom that's coming. This is the King announcing what kingdom living looks like. These are the eight traits that should follow you daily to the subjects of the kingdom, which is us. They're a pack of eight. It's a Costco deal. 
We need all of them. And these traits are actually the key to true inner happiness. How wonderful that we can be in a world that might hate us and yet be overflowing with joy on the inside. That's where true joy comes from. John Stott also said, the Sermon on the Mount is probably the best known part of the teaching of Jesus, although arguably it is the least understood and it is the least obeyed. But we've got the aid pack now. You feel it? Okay, so we can obey it. Let's pray. Father, it says in verse 1, back in verse 1, it says that Jesus saw the crowds coming and he took his disciples up on the mountain and began to teach them. So we know this is a message for disciples. This is a message for the followers. As your followers, we thank you that you've reminded us of these eight wonderful blessings. What a great way to start a sermon. Here are eight ways I'm going to bless you. And at the end of each, there's eight wonderful promises for us to have as well. But in between, there's those character traits. Character traits of kingdom living. Character traits of people who follow Jesus. So Lord, would you stick them to us, that eight pack? Would you let it be obvious to each other and to the world who we are and what we stand for? Even if it looks a bit upside down to the world, we know that it is the right way up. And if you're, perhaps you're not a follower of Jesus yet, but you're one of the crowd. If you're here, you are definitely one of the crowd. But you're thinking, it's time, it's time that I became a follower. It's time that I became a member of the kingdom. I want to be part of this kingdom. I want joy that's overflowing. Would you pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, first of all, I want to thank you for your mercy. What a central message to the Bible. Thank you for the mercy that you showed in going to the cross so that I don't have to experience the wrath of God. I don't have to get what I deserve. You took it all. You took it all. Lord, I accept that. Thank you for raising yourself on the third day, for ascending to heaven to to speak on my behalf at the Father's right side. Lord, I accept your, your free gift. Lord, would you give me a pure heart? Would you come into me and cleanse me of all my sin? I turn from my sin and I turn towards you. In Jesus' name. And Jesus would say to you, welcome to the kingdom. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.